RadioInfluence.com. Ah, it is a beautiful, beautiful day here in Southwest Florida. Do you call Tampa Bay Southwest? It's West. We're kind of South. Well, middle, whatever. I'm in Tampa Bay, beautiful upper Pinellas County. I'm sitting out here in my back patio, and it's just a great day. I had a good day today. I was at Amelie Arena for a morning skate with the NHL, did a couple of interviews for my free press stories, and overall, it's good. I'm going to be going to a couple of Rays games coming up this week. We're coming off the Dallas Braden, one of my favorites. The guy that pits the perfect game, and he's just such a good dude. And so I actually listened to that entire podcast. Like, I really do that. I didn't even get out of my car the other day. So uh, at least I'm entertaining myself. (laughs) All right, here's what we do. If you're new to the podcast, it's the rock stops here. I stop wherever I can corner someone that has made it to the top in their profession. It's mostly the sports world. It's entertainers. It's media personalities. It's coaches. It's players those that have made it to the top. And I got a good one today. She is the top NFL insider. And I started thinking about this just a few minutes ago. How many female NFL insiders, the top of the top, the best of the best, how many are there? Is there anyone besides Josina Anderson? Tell me, hit me up. We all know Adam Schefter, ESPN, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, Jay Glazier, Fox Sports, Josina Anderson, formerly of ESPN, now CBS Sports HQ, is right there at the top. And I got a great story or two about Josina that she probably doesn't even remember. And the way I had met her prior to this, you got to go back many years. And I, I don't know how many years I started thinking every, everything that I think anymore, like, Oh, that was probably like five years ago. No, it was probably 10 years ago. Oh, that was like six, seven years ago. That's probably 15 years ago. Are you like that? The older you get, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it probably was. So she came down here for an interview. Uh, she just skyrocketed after I saw her. And I, you know, I didn't know if she would do it. I had seen her at a couple of different games and I had to come and I said, what the heck, man? Again, you got to step up to the plate. Let me ask. And so she did it. Now, bear in mind, Josina Anderson of CBS Sports HQ, formerly ESPN, formerly Showtime, Fox 31 in Denver. When I hit, I, I, I just seen it, blah, 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 blah. We'll do it. Boom. And we were standing there, just did it. And she starts. So bear in mind this first question, this first answer, she starts telling me the stories that she's working on. And because I didn't give a lot of leeway here, I mean, a long introduction, she didn't know. And so, no, Josina, it isn't about what you're working on. It's about you. How did you make it to the top? How are you still able to be at the top as one of the best NFL insiders in the beeswax? And then she started realizing, and then we get into that. So enjoy this, and then wait till, you, wait till I tell you the story prior to this and a couple of other things that I got on the docket, all right? All right, we'll do that. Here she is, the best NFL insider, Josina Anderson. 
All right, I'm with the great Josina Anderson, NFL insider. She's been at the top for so long. First of all, congratulations. And how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Pleased to be down here at the uh, Breakers for the annual owners meetings. And, you know, we're just down here trying to, you know, figure out the latest headlines around uh, potential rules changes with the overtime. And obviously, you know, trying to figure out where a couple of scraggling veteran quarterbacks out there might uh, end up. And, um, you know, we're on the backside of free agency with the third wave. And, you know, there are a couple still intriguing prospects out there like Bobby Wagner, Stephon Gilmore, Landon Collins, Javon Clowney. Um, so, you know, the, the offseason business of the NFL is still moving. <laughs> yeah, it's 24-7. Now, this is more about you and how you've been so successful. I remember that you were in Denver. You went from Denver to the big time. What was that? What was that like? Well, I've been doing this for a long time and, um, you know, I think I kind of stumbled into being an NFL insider. You know, originally I was uh, really a big aficionado of the National uh, Basketball Association. And, um, you know, over time after Michael Jordan, that wave of players left, you know, my affinity for the NBA kind of changed. You know, I thought that brand of basketball went with Michael Jordan. And then, you know, just with the infusion of the commercialization of the league, you know, I just felt like... um, the way the guys play changed too. You know, they, they kind of preserve their energy and stuff like that until the postseason. So anyways, uh, over time became more in love with becoming, you know, uh, an NFL insider and covering the NFL and uh, just kind of made it my business not to be bounded by my geographical constraints, you know, and trying to make sure that I built context outside of, um, you know, whatever the city or area that I was working for. And eventually that grew and that grew into what I'm doing now. And, you know, even though I've changed networks and work over at CBS Sports, you know, it's all about um, longevity. I've been doing a long time and you take your name and your talent wherever you go. What was that like? You Here you were, you were on ESPN and then all of a sudden, with everything that went on, you're out, and then you end up bouncing back. But what was that like? Because you had that path where you were just going up, 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 and then, oh, here's a little blip. Well, that happens in life. You know what I mean? We all go through adversity and we go through uh, changes and uh, the evolution. But, you know, it's really not about associating yourself with one, any one place. You know, it's all about cultivating your talent and, and, and being able to, you know, um, be productive, monetize that and be in demand wherever you go. So, um, you know, those are things that I can do for myself or anybody else. And, and you never know what the future holds, you know. <laughs> What is your philosophy on being being an insider where you're breaking stories and you got to break them because that's what you do. You also, everybody wants to be first, but you also have to make sure you're right. Did that come from experience? Where's your philosophy on that, Josie? Well, it just takes time, you know, and it's, being an insider is not something that you can just plop into. It takes going through a, a multitude of different stories to have that sort of uh, layered filter to know what to consider and what to think, you know, before you're uh, putting out a story, how to frame it, how to contextualize it, um, and also to be a critical thinker of the information that you're getting, you know, just because someone's telling you something doesn't mean it's being framed in the right way or that it's completely accurate or that it's the time to get it out. And I think also more so the key too is, uh, you know, keeping an eye on longevity and relationships. You know, people tell me things all the time that I don't report. I probably report maybe about 30, 40% of what I know. Um, so it's about making people feel that you can have a conversation with them and everything is not about, you know, putting it into a tweet. It's just about seeing how they're doing, seeing what's going on, keeping up with the day to day, 
and then, you know, figuring out when to hold them and when to fold them. <laughs> All right, here's my final one. I always ask, what advice do you give that someone as young wants to get in this business and maybe also a female? I interviewed Jane Slater for this, and she mentioned your name when you guys were in Denver together and that you have been so much of a supporter and almost like a mentor. So, you know, I'm sure that people have done it maybe for you, but what would be the best advice you would give? Um, you know, be willing to work for free, be willing to work for yourself. Um, you know, take advantage of the weekends because everyone is doing things Monday through Friday to just maintain their livelihoods. And you have to be kind of willing to use the time that others don't in order to go above the bar. You understand what I'm saying? So I use Saturdays and Sundays. I'm always, you know, trying to reorganize my space and think, you know, who else can I reach out to? What else can I do to take another step? Yeah. Very interesting. Nobody's given me that. Maybe that's a, now, now they're all going to try to do what you're doing. Justina Anderson, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time. You know, it was really cool because I wasn't sure if she, re if she really remembered. I, I don't know how. Here's the deal. Going back several years, when I was at Bright House Sports Network slash Bay News 9 in Tampa Bay, and we had an opening for a journalist, sports journalist, you know, anchor, reporter, that type of thing. And I know specifically, I know at the time you're not supposed to say it, but we were looking for a female. You got to have, you got to, you got to balance it all out and what you look for. That's just how it is. I know they don't say that as job description or whatever, but that was it. And so Josina Anderson, we had an opening, we posted it. Josina Anderson was working at Fox 31 in Denver. I think at the time she was actually like the third number three person in the sports department, but she was breaking some stories. She was breaking big stories in Denver, big NFL players. Boom. And we were kind of looking for somebody that would be able to like break some stories. And so they, we set up the interview. She came down, she flew down from Denver uh, myself, uh, Chris Elias, who was the sports director, we took her to a lunch or a dinner at this place called, uh, it's in Feather Sound, uh, an area in the St. Pete area, um, the sports bar. And it went great. It went great. Our, our news director was there at the time, um, Mike Gotro. I remember he was asking questions like, how do you, what, you know, how do you get your sources? Uh, you know, how do you break your stories? How many, how many, you know, how many, uh, people do you have to tell you or, you know, you to make sure that you're right, all that kind of jazz. And so, man, it was like slam dunk. She, she, she looked great. Uh, she had a great delivery, seeing her real. She was breaking stories. She was, she was, she was it. She was it. So I was just like, oh, and I don't know if my opinion really counts, but I was like, oh, in, in. Chris Elias, in. I think even Mike Otro, in. She just has to meet with our big boss. That would be Elliot. He was like the GM. He was, he was over everything. And she met the next day in his office. And it, I, for whatever reason, I have no idea. That's how this business is. That's subjective. I don't know if Elliot was 
I don't know if he was intimidated by her. She was so sharp. I don't know what it was. I have no idea. But all I know is, nah, I think we're going to, we'll, we'll see what else is out there. And I was like, what? I can't believe it. Okay. So I gave her a ride back to her hotel. It was really close to where we were located, uh, you know, a block or two, a couple block or two away. And I remember dropping her off. And I don't know if I knew at the time that, nah, we weren't going to, or was it a day later? I maybe, I can't remember specifically. Cause like I said, it was a couple of years back and I, we, that was it. And we moved, they moved on the station. And so she, I, I felt kind of bad, man, but what are you going to do? So she ended up getting a job at ESPN and be blew up. Josina Anderson. Oh my God. Just blew up. So since that time, I saw her one time at one buck place in the media room. And I was like, it's probably a bad memory. Hi, I'm rock. Do you remember me? Yeah. The station that didn't give you the gig and look at where you are now. So I just, I didn't even bother saying that. I might've smiled. Uh, there was another game where I saw her at an NFL game. It might've been at Ray J and I might've said hello and left it at that. So then once I started doing this podcast and people, it really didn't even cross my mind. Like, you know what? It's probably just one of those things where, uh, Tampa, uh, I was better than that, man. They didn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I saw her with CBS sports HQ at the NFL combine. And I saw her walking around doing her thing. And, um, it was, again, I was like, ah, she probably doesn't, she probably wouldn't want to do this. And who am I? You know what I mean? So now we go to the NFL owners meetings in Palm beach. That's where I got Schefter. I've got a couple of really good ones, man, from NFL radio, Sirius XM that are still sitting in the can waiting for my laptop to go. Oh my God. One is really, really, really good. He wrote the book for Chris Jericho, the wrestler. He, oh, this one is going to be good. Uh, but anyway, and I was like, you know, I tried an NFL network guy, but he was busy on the, on the set for a while. And there she is walking by a couple of times. I saw with Jason Lacanfora. He's in ESPN. He is at a CBS sport insider and he does a lot. He's got a radio show, blah, blah, blah. So I saw her walking by one time and I said, you know what? You know what? Let me, what the heck, man? So we were inside the breakers in the lobby and I just went up to her and said, how you doing, Josina? I'm a fan. You do a great job. I got this podcast. The rock stops here. It's how you made it to the top. You probably don't even remember me. You interviewed a long time ago in Tampa and didn't get the gig. It was our loss or whatever. And she's just like, I don't you know, fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And boom, I, I hit record and here we go. That's how I've been doing it with these big names on the fly again. And so there you go. And that's why I said she really, I didn't, you know, lead her in probably well enough where she just started telling me we're working on this, we're working on that. I was like, no, 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 this is about you. And so when we, I thanked her and we were done, you know what she did? She, she outstretched, her arms were outstretched. She gave me a hug and I hugged her. 
And it was like, I thank you so much because I don't know how I'd feel, you know, any place that didn't give me a gig or they didn't, you know, you know, she she was great. And, and, and a couple of things stood out in that interview. When I asked her about, you know, man, you were at ESPN, you were, you were kicking it. Then they had those cutbacks. She's just like, Hey, it's the nature of the business, which it is, which it is. And the other thing that I found really interesting there was that her niche, you got to do something that's going to set you apart from the competition. Her thing is I bust my butt on weekends. I mean, she works hard on weekdays too, but specifically weekends because she figured out the majority of these insiders or reporters are going 24 seven weekdays. But when the weekends come, you got families, kids are doing something. You got to be going here and there. And she's like, I'm going to make it my thing where I am going to try to break. So I'm going to work it on weekends because most people are just kind of taking the weekend off and she's done it. Isn't that interesting? She found something that I'm going to outwork my competition. And I think that's fantastic. So that was really cool. So here's another little story. So thanked her. Boom. She's on her way. She now it was either right after that or a little bit after that same day inside the lobby of the breakers hotel in Palm beach. And Harbaugh from the Ravens walked by. I was sitting on a couch. Josina was catty corner on a nice big chair. She had her phone. She had her notes. She, she had all of her stuff right there. And she was like, uh, Coach Harbaugh. And she was off. And she left all of her stuff, even her phone, sitting right there. Now, look, this is at the Breakers Hotel. If you don't know the breakers, go Google it. It's one of the finest hotels in the world. You have to clear security to get in there. You cannot just walk in and go into the lobby. And everybody that's not working with the NFL or as a reporter or something, you're filthy rich. So I can't, but still, you never know. But it's your phone, man. Everything is on the phone. And she just took off. And it was like she was doing a a hundred yard dash to go to Harbaugh, whatever it was. And I was like, look at that hustle. She is a hustler and just left all her stuff. And then I was going to go back. I was going to go see, I think Steve from Joe Buck's fan where I was going out to the outside area. But I said, no, you know what? I'm just going to stay here and watch her phone and watch her stuff for her. Not that it would matter. And she was gone for a while. And then she came back and I said, I was watching your phone and stuff. And she's like, oh, thanks. But it really, it didn't, you know, and I said, isn't it crazy if you lose your phone? She's like, oh my God, I've been there. And I even, I might've said to her, I've said lately, what's worse right now? Losing your phone, not getting your phone back. Do you have all your stuff backed up? I don't know if I do. I bet I should, I should take a look at it, look at it, but Losing your phone or losing your wallet? Because it used to be, oh my God, when I would lose my wallet, oh, it is the worst. You got to cancel all your stuff, your credit card or cards, uh, you know, get a new driver's license, uh, all your IDs. What a pain in the ass. But now 
2022? I'm not so sure because my phone has got everything in here. Everything. <laughs> I remember Styles G. White. Do you remember Styles G. White? He was the former, he, he played in the AFL and then he went from the Orlando Predators to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he changed his name to Styles G. White because he liked the movie Teen Wolf. He was Greg Wolf or Greg, uh, Styles G. White, Style, uh, Greg, Greg White. I'm not kidding you. He liked the movie Teen Wolf. And so he changed his name to Styles G. White. He was a character. And I'll never forget. This is probably seven, eight years ago. And somebody was talking about, oh, my phone, man. I can't believe how much I'm paying for my phone. And you know what Styles G. White said? And that was right there. He's like, I think we, I think we're paying too little. I do my banking. I do everything. I text, I talk, I email, I take pictures. I have my social media. I have my bank statement. I have my apps. I have everything on my phone. I, I think it's a bargain. And I'm like, you know what? He might be onto something. But anyway, she laughed and off she went. And there you go. So Josina, thank you. Very nice, continued success. And you know what? When I was, when I had Jane Slater, who is also one of my favorites, Jane Slater, favorite, Dallas Braden, favorite, Josina was so nice now, but Jane Slater, when she was rattling on, she's from, she's with NFL Network. She has got a great personality, man. She was doing a do-it-yourself project. I think she bought a townhouse or something in Texas, Dallas area. And uh, she did all the painting herself. She was out digging. I mean, it's, it's something else, man. You, you're doing more than I would do. I can't stand painting and doing projects around the house. I don't mind yard work when the weather is nice. And I really don't. I put on my headphones. I crack open a beer too. And then I don't mind, but I don't like it. I don't like painting. I don't like doing a house. I just improvements and she's doing it. But anyway, when I was interviewing Jane Slater and she was rattling off some names of people in this business that kind of helped her out and that she looked up to. And she said, Josina Anderson, she said, we were in the Denver market at the same time. I think that's what she said. And I was like, Ooh, that registered. I said, Josina, huh? Hmm. I might have to give her a shot anyway. And then a couple months later, and here we go. And then we, she just did it. So I thought that was kind of cool. So anyway, that's my, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, you know what? Now I was in an area called South Tampa. Ooh, South Tampa, a little shishy poo poo. And, uh, I was, I was like, am I going to see Brady? Have you noticed, have you seen any pictures of Tom Brady out and about in Tampa? This is now year number three. Now, I know I saw a paparazzi shot of him in New York. I know he's going, he likes to go to Montana in the off season. I know he's going to be in this, uh, this, this foursome man with the two young studs, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes against Brady and Rogers, this golf uh, exhibition, this thing by Capital, it's Capital One, I think. What a winner that is. Two goats and two future goats or young studs, young bucks. Whoever put that match up together, that is huge. 
But it was funny. I'm not usually in South Tampa or the Water Street project area, which I've been spending a little bit more time now because I'm doing a lot more lightning coverage where the Emily Arena, that's where the Tempe Lightning play. And I'm like, am I going to see Brady? Am I going to see Brady? If I run into Brady, what would I say? Obviously, get the phone out quick. Take a video quick. Um, is, what about Gronk? Uh, what else? You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be quick. You might have one question. That's it. Possibly two follow up. I was just laughing. I was going into this Publix, which is right near Emily Arena, right off of Bayshore Boulevard in Tampa. And just like, if I ever run into Brady, man, and they go, what am I going to ask him? I wish I could get a viral video going. You cannot, you cannot try to get a viral video going. You can't force that to get going. I'm telling that to my wife. She goes, all right, well, what, what would it be to get a viral video? I'm like, it has to be just something that just takes off. And she goes, okay. So you want to get a viral video? Then what? Then what? What does that really mean? I'm like, well, it gets more eyeballs, your social media following. She goes, so what? She is not into social media and she cracks me up. She's busting me all the time. But I don't know if you saw this viral video last week. I don't even follow this girl and I do now. She's a, a, a younger girl uh, in her, probably in her, like in her 20s. And she's a Lightning fan. There's so many girls that love hockey. Why is that? We've been trying to figure that out for years. I remember we had this discussion at Bright House Sports Network. My man, Mikey, had a great point. He's like, well, the guys are men's men. They're physical. They like to fight. They hit. They're men. But they're also on skates. There's something about they're on skates and they're manly men. You know what, Mikey? I am still going with that, and I have used that. Maybe that's it. But when I go to these NHL games, the amount of girls and with the jerseys on, and they're in two or three or four packs or two girls together, like you don't see that at baseball. At least you don't down here. Now, wherever you are, maybe you see that in New York, Chicago, St. Louis, San Fran, maybe. But I don't see it here. I see the wheelchairs. I see the walkers. And I don't see like four girls on a girl's night out going to watch baseball. You will see that at the Lightning. It's a great experience. It's fast paced. The energy, the music. And again, so anyway, there was a, there's this girl that follows the Lightning, obviously. And she's a huge Lightning fan. And so I it came down on my Twitter feed. And then I started following her. I'm like, you know what? This is hysterical. She was at the Lightning game, and she just was yelling, come on, boys. Let's get it together, boys. And this guy, he had a baseball hat on, crappy beard, and he's sipping like a soda, and he turns around, and he just looks at her, and he goes, men, and then looks back at the action, takes a sip of his soda. That's all it was. She's like, come on, boys. Hey, boys. And she wrote in her caption that, it bothered her in the beginning when this guy would be turning around. Don't call them boys. You call them men. And then she goes, I just had fun with it. I just busted. I'd said it every chance I got. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. And that one video went so viral. News stations were picking it up. Huge websites. Everything. And overnight, overnight, 
and it's just like, and I, and, and, you know, I show my wife, I'm like, this is, this is a viral video, but she's like, I don't get it. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for that viral video. Maybe that will get me known outside of Tampa. <laughs> it ain't, it ain't. All right. What am I talking? Okay. The NFL draft in Vegas. Oh my God. Now I was debating bad. Should I? put in for credentials, cover the NFL draft? Should I try for the Major League Baseball All-Star weekend or the three days? Now, I've already got Jeff Darlington a couple of times from NFL. No, he's ESPN. I've got him on my other podcast a couple of times. I don't want to bother him. I already got Schefter. I got Peter Schrager from NFL Network. I got Jane Slater from NFL Network. I got Sal Palantonio from ESPN a couple of times on my other podcast. And I'm like, you know what? I've already got the uh, quite a few NFL people. Maybe I'll, maybe, let, let me see where the Major League Baseball All-Star weekend will be. I'll do some things for the Tampa Free Press. I'll, you know, and, but I, maybe I can get some big name guests. It isn't. It's in Los Angeles. I'm like, oh my God, that's going to cost, you know, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. And I'm like, should I also go to Vegas for the NFL? But I've already gotten quite a few people. And so I got my email today of those from ESPN that are going to be working the NFL draft, NFL network personalities. They're going to be working the NFL draft. And I was like, I should have gone. <laughs> I should have gone. There is one in particular that I really do want to get on this podcast, and that is Laura Rutledge. She is fantastic. Have you seen Laura Rutledge of ESPN? Another little story. I've seen it happen a lot of times. She is from the Tampa Bay area. A couple, a couple of years ago. I don't know. Is it now seven years ago? Eight years ago? I don't know. Uh, she was just getting into the business. She ended up, do you know, she ended up in the Miss America competition. I mean, she's strikingly good looking, but natural. And again, just like Jane Slater, just like no ego, no diva. No, my shit doesn't stink. None of that. Just so cool. She was actually working, uh, recruiting, uh, like, like, a. Uh, a high school to college recruiting website. Yeah. Like grinding, just grinding. I find a lot of that boring, but there's an audience for it. You know, college football fans. Who's going to come to Bama roll tide fly Eagle fly, you know, uh, who that, you know? Oh, well, no, was that? No, that's uh, no, who that I, I threw in the saints. But anyway, so, she came on uh, one or two times at Bright House when I was at, it was called Bright House Sports Network. It was Bay News 9 News and then Sports Network. It was a lot of high school coverage we did besides the pros. And uh, she came on set. I was like, oh my God, we got some chemistry. She's like, we got something going on here. Just kind of kidding around. But I could tell right there that beautiful, great delivery, confident, not a diva, hard worker, grinder. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. So then there was an opening at Bright House Sports Network. But 
you had to do it all. You had to be what they call a one-man band, which almost everybody is now. You can shoot, shoot your own video, this and that, high school stuff. And I could just tell that she was on a path, man. And our boss is like, uh, do you think she'd want that job? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And she, I forget where her first big break was, but she started doing something for CNN, like CNN sports, headline, CNN headline sports, and then some other national thing. And then she interviewed, and I think it might've been part-time ESPN. And then she got in and then I was talking to a friend of mine that works at ESPN and anyone that's anyone that's involved in uh, football, college football, what they do is every year, at least they did until the pandemic, they would fly them all in, in the summer before the football season. And it would be like a two to three day thing where they would go over everything what they want to see from the sideline reporters, what they want from the analyst, what they want from uh, those that do stories. They call them pack news packages and all that. Everybody get on the same page. And, you know, they feed them and they're up and, and it's like a two, three day seminar. And I, and I, and my friend told me that he was talking to her and she said to him, my goal, I want to be on ESPN sports center. I want to be on sports center. And she was already doing, I think she was SEC Network, maybe with Feinbaum. Maybe that's what it was. And she's like, I want to be on SportsCenter. And damn sure if uh, it wasn't that long after, maybe one year or two, she was blowing up on SEC Network. And boom, she's on SportsCenter. There she is. And I, I, it was kind of cool to see. I'm like, I knew that she had that path. And she's cool. And so there's another one. And I saw that she was on that list on the, on the, uh, in Vegas NFL draft. I'm like, Oh, and then there's some more names that I saw. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, I should have gone. What a kind of should have. Oh, well, oh, well. But anyway, hopefully that's a, that's a bucket list one. So if you ever see Laura Rutledge, I think, did she, I don't know if she married a baseball player. There was another girl in Fort Myers that, uh, married a baseball player. Oh, and I've also had on uh, another one that's fantastic. She's been covering the Bucks scene for a couple of years. She's from Tampa Bay. She used to be at ESPN. Her husband's the bullpen coach. Catcher? No, because he was a pitcher. Bullpen coach, I believe, Toronto Blue Jays. But, I mean, she was cool. So, anyway, anyway, there you go. We'll see. We'll see what happens. There's also another event this summer. See, you got to mix in because I do have a family. Now I have a son. He does computer graphics. My man, Hunter, if any of you need computer graphics, contact me, DM me because he does a good job. But, uh, he is about 20 minutes from here. My daughter is of course living here in the home with my wife and our little doggy and there's so much going on, man. She's in this chorus. She's in music theater. She's in cheerleading. She does dance. And there's always, and she's going to camp, sleepaway camp in North Georgia. She did it for the first time last year. So there's a schedule, man, that I, oh, and then she's going to have, it's uh, a big, big, big thing. It's going to, it's huge. It's going to be in November. Oh my God. I don't want to get into all these details, but you know, so 
I can't just on a whim go take off. Like I have family responsibility as a dad and wife and you know, (laughs) and so the summer's busy. Like we're going to go up and what's with the airlines. What is with changing your flights? Oh my God. That you don't have any say anymore. Oh no. Well, if you want to try to get on another flight, no, we've just changed your flight. You're what was that? So anyway, we're going to fly to Atlanta and then rent and then drive to North Georgia and come back. I'll come back. She was going to go somewhere with her sister and her mother. And then we got to go pick her up and we were going to just fly back. We did driving last year and it's a long haul. I don't know, eight hours, something like that. It's a haul. And so we was like, nah, you know what? Why don't we do that? We'll drop her off. My wife and I will have like two dates, two nights. Maybe we'll stay in the mountains in a cabin. We had a real cool place last year. You know, it's our little getaway because we really don't get away much at all. And, uh, okay. So we had our flights. We did it Southwest. I've never had a problem with Southwest. And she's her mother, Emily herself, another trip. They just totally just, call, you know, hit you up your flight. It was supposed to be say at 10. No, now it's going to be nine o'clock at night. That really changes plans a lot. Boom. You don't like it. That's it. What do you mean? Oh, now there's some other flights, but you got to fly to this city and then get on another flight to get to your destination to try to make it work more manageable. Like what's with that? You know, and it's changed like two or three times. And now when you try to rebook, the flights are so much more expensive than they used to be. Just like everything is so much more. So now we were like, hey, screw it. Looks like we're going to end up being driving back. Here we go. Uh, and it's funny. I went to Chick-fil-A, the drive through the other day. I don't eat as much, but I eat more times a day. I don't eat till I'm filled. I just think it's with age. Maybe it's after, after my gallbladder surgery. I'm sure there's something to it with that. But I just don't eat big, big, big portions anymore. I can't. I don't feel good. I know it's because I'm older. So I'll treat myself to maybe just some fries and that. I can't do the fried chicken sandwich anymore after my... My operation, my gallbladder, I just can't, man. It's not a good idea. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I could do it, but I, what would I feel like afterwards? And so anyway, I went to the drive-thru, and there was a lady. Usually they're kids. Are they not at your Chick-fil-A? They're usually kids. My pleasure. How can I help you? They have it down. Even if the line is long, they usually never screw up. They get you through quick. It's, it's pretty impressive. But anyway, and... So I give my card and it's a visa Southwest card because we're trying to get points to be able to get free flights. I did that last year. I flew to New Jersey to this event free. All of our flights up until this point free. Now we've used up all of our points. So you got to try to build up again. But anyway, when I gave the card, it was an older woman that was standing. You know how they stand outside Chick-fil-A? I don't know where you are. But down here in Florida, they stand outside with their little, uh, it's almost like an iPad, but you can, they take your order and you can put your card in and they stand and this is an older woman. And she just goes, Oh, she takes my card. She goes, do you like this? And I'm like, I thought she meant my, my, my credit card. 
my my Southwest credit card. I'm like, yeah, no, it worked fine. You know, I was trying to get points. She goes, no, 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 the airlines. I was like, well, she goes, I am so pissed off. They have changed my flight two or three times. I want to go visit my daughter for this type of thing, and I am so mad. I am. I'm going to give them. I'm calling again to one more time, and then that is it. I'm like, I've heard about it. This is before I just found out our flight was just changed. <laughs> this is like two days ago, um, two days prior to that. And I'm like, I know. I don't know what it is, Southwest. What is it? Are they not, were they not able to handle this onslaught of flying? We know of a, I shouldn't say the word stewardess. That is, I'm aging myself. Flight attendant. She went to high school with Emily. And she was saying there's still some airplanes that are out parked at, in the desert. So they just don't have enough of a fleet to take care of all these travelers. But some of these, some of these fights that you see on, on airplanes, like, thank God. How about the fight? How about last week? The guy intimidating uh, Tyson. What an asshole. What an asshole. If you're, if you're buzzed and drunk, then you're an obnoxious ass. Or just, what are you trying to do? Intimidate Mike Tyson? You see that? Uh, how about the how about the religious uh, up with people group with the with the singing in the aisle? Look, I you know God bless you, man. You know you're you're deeply religious, but it's in public. Like not everybody is into your uh, up with people singing in the aisles. Like you know, thank God. Have you experienced anything yet? A flight or anything like that? Uh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I don't even want to say, because right after 9-11, I was always going in the back of my mind, what would I do if somebody was over? You know what? I don't want to bring it up because it'll be, it'll be bad. I don't even bring it up. All right. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, oh, here's something. What I noticed. Um, so I was driving in the morning to go to a morning skate with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they were taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's in downtown Tampa. Now, it's it, it was surreal for me. During the pandemic, and I'm talking about the heart of it. Do you remember back in March of 20... Was it 20... Were 2022? 21? 20? Was it 2019? 20? When, when it first started. When the pandemic first started. And everything shut down. Do you remember that? Nobody went anywhere. I still was going into the radio station. I was doing a, a show at a, an AM station in Tampa with Martin Gramatica, the former Buccaneer NFL kicker. I got along with Martin great, still do to this day. It just did not kind of work out for me. The gentleman that owns it, I it was hard. Let's put it like that. So, but I was happy for the opportunity. I was credentialed by being a talk show host in Tampa Bay and I could still get my credentials to go to my bucks and to lightning and to raise. I need that, man. I need to be out there in the field. I told you that many times. I, I studios great. I need to be in the field. So anyway, and it was a pandemic and I was like, I can't quit. Nobody's hiring. So, Martin was like, I'm not coming into the station. And there was nobody in this station. There was another show. There was a Spanish station in that building. 
Uh, there really wasn't much else. There was one or two salespeople, uh, a, a receptionist, which I, I give the gentleman that owned the station credit because you don't even see that anymore at any stations. There's usually nobody at a front desk, hardly ever, seriously, uh, with cutbacks and all that. Yeah, that's way before the pandemic. But anyway, he, he wanted to have a live body, somebody to answer the phone. So she was very cool. And I, Martin goes, I'm not going in. I'm going to do it for my house. I don't know. Okay. So we set him up. They set him up. He did it from his house. But I drove in throughout the entire pandemic. I, the whole time, I, you know, I work from home. No, I went in. And there was hardly anybody in that building. There was a, a clothing, like they hired these beautiful women that would go out to men's offices and things and sell them suits, custom made very expensive, very successful business. They were downstairs in the first floor. There were a couple of other people that would be still going into the office. Not much in this office complex in Tampa, in the West shore area. Uh, but anyway, but my point is that I've been going back and forth to downtown Tampa from where I live. Usually takes me about 30 to 35 minutes but I hadn't really done the heart of rush hour lately. And I mean, I got off to an early start at like 7.20 in the morning from here. And it actually, it's actually good to see because I, I did a flashback. When I would drive in for the morning show on, now I did five to whatever, eight, I did three hours. And then I did, no, 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 six to nine. Yeah. And then I did Martine nine to 11. And then we ended up just doing nine to 11. And then he put us on a national TV show simulcast. So it was nine to 11. So I would leave, I'd get there always around eight. So I'd leave about seven, 15. But there was, when I was in the, was it, when it was the heart of the pandemic, there was no one on the road. There was no one to get there. There was no one on the interstate. And then I went off by international mall and there was no one. It was eerie, but it was also a piece of cake to drive. But it was strange, but it was a piece of cake. And to go from that, when I went the other day, actually, it was just today. And, oh, my God. And if you get behind a school bus in the one where there's only two lanes, it was bumper to bumper. It was pretty much bumper to bumper all the way. And then when it was time to either go 275 or I'm going to go off the exit I know, I'm going to go by Tampa International Mall. I'll, I'll go straight and I'll go the back way through Tampa to get there and then to try to get parking. Oh, you can park near the, and I was, and there's construction going on and there's so many people. Stop moving here. Oh my God. The amount of people that are moving to the Tampa Bay area and you try rush hour. Holy crap. So when I get, and it's funny, but, but, but it's also good to see. That means the economy is booming around here. People are moving here. People are spending money. They're spending, God dang, they're spending money on gas, but it just blew me away. It just took me back to just two years ago. Nobody on these roads. And now look at this. It's even worse prior to the pandemic. And then when I get into Amelie arena, and it was funny because they had an optional skate there. Some were over at the brand, this Brandon facility. I didn't, I didn't know that, but it was an ESPN game. 
not a, a local Bally sports game. So it was an ESPN game. And so they have a different crew in, different set of announcers. So when I was standing outside the Lightning locker room today, one of the PR guys, Brian Breesman, I hadn't seen him in a while. I haven't been around. And he was talking to, and I recognized his voice. Because it's on a morning skate, the so-called talent, like the play-by-play or the color guy, or maybe a rinkside reporter, they're not dressed up. They're in sweats. They're in just a shirt or, you know what I mean? They're not on camera. It's casual. So you really wouldn't know. But this guy had a whole bunch of stats. He had an iPad or something. And he was talking to Brian Breesman. And what were they talking about? I just happened to be standing there in the hallway. The Ray Stadium issue. Oh, they're going to move to Ebor. And he goes, what's Ebor? He was asking. And Breesman, well, there's still a lot of traffic there. Like on a, on a weekday, you know, I don't know how it's going to work to get in and blah, blah, blah. Nah, 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 nah. And then Breesman, I think he was from Chicago. And he's like, you know what? It's just a different mindset. We're used to traveling six hours or you know, the commuting, when you're in these bigger cities, you're just used to it. And then this gentleman, Bob, who's the play-by-play guy, I recognize his voice and he was like, yeah, man, I live in New Jersey and to get to like a game at Shea, it's a whole day, you know, you gotta, uh, and, uh, and then I just piped in. I said, we're, 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 eat, we're softer here. We're not used to that stuff here. You live in Florida. Some people wear flip-flops all day. You wear shorts. You want to just have everything easy. You're not living up north. We're, we're, we're not used to that, man. Too bad there wasn't some type of easy public transportation. But there just isn't. There just isn't. So I started talking. But isn't it funny how he's going to do the lightning game for ESPN, and yet the topic was baseball, stadium, attendance. Oh, my God. I posted a picture last week. All it was on Facebook was Oakland A's game against the Baltimore Orioles, 3,578. That turned into Oakland is filled with crime. Chidi Ahanatu, a former NFL player, he follow, he gets on. What is this? I'm living in Oakland. You people in Florida don't know what you're talking about. Crime isn't any worse than it is in Florida. And what Rock, what are you doing on your pay? I'm like, Chidi, all I did was post a picture of hardly anybody at an Oakland A's game. There were arguments. I, I like let these people just argue. I'm not on air. I'm not getting paid. It would be like when I go to the sports bar and a guy wants to start really arguing with me when I used, when I was doing a radio show and I'd be like, no, I'm debating for two, three hours, four hours in the morning. Call me up. They never do. Or you want to argue on my Facebook page? Listen to my podcast. Click on. Oh, oh, just let them do their thing. But it's, but it's, it's, what are you going to do, man? I do know, I know someone that works high up in the NFL offices. And that someone is very close to an executive that works high up in Major League Baseball offices. Now, yes, MLB Network is in Secaucus, but NFL, their, their office is on Park Avenue in New York. Well, guess what? Major League Baseball, those high-ranking uh, people at MLB, they're in that same area. And so my friend knows this woman. They've known each other for a long time. And she was telling my friend, she's like, it's really hard to sell 
Our, our game is very slow. It takes too long. We're trying to get young people to get into baseball. It ain't easy. You at the NFL, the football NFL rules. It sells itself. You know, look at the ratings. You see the ratings for the USFL? Now, I'm wondering if that's going to drop or is that the first week it kicked the NBA playoffs ass. It kicked ML, Major League Baseball. Hi, it kicked everything. It was the USFL. Do you know any of these people in this league? And there's not, it's in Birmingham. It's not even in home cities. So NFL is, and football is king. King, 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 king. I'm really interested, though, to see how the XFL is going to go because the NFL is involved, is partnering with the XFL. And The Rock, can you smell what The Rock is cooking, is behind it. And I, it's content for these networks, so it's going to be interesting. But I'm not going to get into that. I talked about that on last week's podcast. All righty. Anything else going on? Um, no, I think that's about it. I'm really, I'm, I got a lot of these stockpiled, man. It's great. You know, there's, there's times where it's just like, there's a famine to getting guests and you just have so many. I really wish I was doing two podcasts a week, but then if I did that, I'd probably have a dry spell. You know how that goes? It's like when you're late for your job and you get behind school buses. Or whatever. Oh, but that's the other thing. They do have this event in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, Sussex County. I used to mock out Sussex County when I was um, working there for so many years, starting out in the business, and I ended up loving it. I bought a home there. I loved it. Still do to this day. So I went back last summer and met with a guy that's the program director from the station that I started at WSUS FM 102.3 Sussex County, New Jersey. He's the PD for a couple of stations up there. That's how it goes right now. The morning guy, Steve Andrews was there when I was there. That is like a different lifetime ago, but I've only known Steve. uh, The other guy is Steve Allen. I've only known Steve through social media and uh, I met him for the first time and it was great. We hit it off. He took me to this bar, the Irish cottage. The owner was so cool. Gave me a free one. Uh, we, it was great. And then this music fest, classic rock, Southern rock, these Marshall Tuck or these older bands. Oh my God. Blackberry smoke was a, was a band. They were the headliner last year. And he had he, gave, he had tickets for being at the radio station. I know how it goes. Would you like to go? I had no idea. I was just doing a getaway. Just doing a getaway last summer. It was like two nights, three days. That's it. And I just took off, went to a little airport, Stewart in Orange County, New York, just over the border from Jersey. And it was tremendous. Everything about it was so great. I went to this thing. It's called Rock, Ribs, and Ridges because it's in the mountains. The Sussex County Fairgrounds. It's outside. I don't know about you. I love outdoor festivals. Oh, my God. And if the weather is nice, is there anything better? Outside, partying, drinking beers with friends, listening to live music. 
What a vibe. Is there anything better than that? Maybe one thing. But so anyway, I'm debating. Now that I'm going to, should I try to sneak that in? And then all my family duties this summer. And then try to go to the MLB All-Star Game to try to build this and get some more big national names. And What do you think? I don't know. What what problems I have, right? Oh, God, I'm so, so thankful, man. Just thankful for the health. That's it. If you are struggling with health, and I know that there are a lot of you, I, I, I'll say a little prayer for you. God, whoever's in charge up there, will you help out my friend? Because... If it's all about the health, man. It really, really is. You know? You know, you know, you know, you know. All right. Listen, that's it. I'll talk to you next week. If you're not subscribing, please subscribe. Please tell your friends, your enemies, your frenemies. All right? All right? And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. This week on Crush Performance, we dive back into our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance to boost your chances of landing in the winning column. As we talk with Andre Lachance, the Director of Human Performance Services for Cirque Soleil, about the incredible demands on those performers and his new book focused on team chemistry. We're nudging you towards the win column on this week's episode of Crush Performance. Crush Performance with Jeff Crushell can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.